Good evening and welcome to this episode of The Mary Trump Show. I am, I, you know, there's actually not a, a word quite to describe how I'm feeling right now about my next guest. Um, to say I'm grateful that he's here is the understatement of the millennium. Um, he is, I'm, as you all know, a phenomenal actor, director, human being. And as some of you may not know, but we will certainly talk about a lot, somebody who has been paying attention to what's been happening in America for a very long time and has had his fingers on the pulse of what has been going wrong and, uh, you know, whose opinion I value more than just about anybody's in terms of what he thinks needs to happen. So, Rob Reiner, thank you so, so much for being here tonight. Well, th thank you, Mary, and thanks for having me because uh, I have to say that <clears throat> when you came on the scene, um, that to me was the biggest breath of fresh air. And when you came out with your book uh, and the first person to really uh, explain to the public what we were dealing with. I mean, the, the, the presidency of Donald Trump is one of the strangest things that has happened in American history. And a lot of people for a long time couldn't understand how this could have occurred. And now we're at a place where we see not only his effect on a big chunk of the uh, population, but uh, a real fear of stealing our democracy, which started with his presidency, uh, impeached twice, and then uh, launched in a violent attack on our capital. And uh, here we are, you know, where he has still refused to admit that he lost an election. And I look to you to explain that, because what you have said in your book and what I've seen you on, on, on the air many times is he can't lose. He cannot accept a loss because if he accepts a loss, he will, in his gut, in his mind, he will literally disappear. He, he will no longer exist. Right. So he will do anything in his power not to lose. And when you look at his career, he's lost like Hundreds of times. He, he's lost his casinos collapsed, his foundation collapsed, his university collapsed. Uh, you know, he literally lost the first election by three million votes, the second one by over seven million votes. And he has found a way to use disinformation and the media and Twitter, which he's been kicked off of now, to frame it as a win, that yeah. he's a winner, that he's a billionaire, that he's a success. And, and what I've said for so long is that the only thing that Donald Trump has succeeded in is convincing people he's a success. Absolutely. And he's had a lot of help. And that is one of the most fascinating things about what's unfolded. Now, of course, uh, the Republican Party has been softening the ground for somebody like Donald to come along for decades now. Uh, so it's not an accident that 
he was able to um, waltz his way into the Oval Office. But you talk about his inability to lose and what that means for him. But think about all along the way, how many people needed to help him, help protect himself from that reality. And that's where we are now. I sort of see the Republican Party, not just as complicit or as enabling, but as as prime movers, because the Republican Party itself also knows that it can't that he's win a loser. legitimate. That he's that, a loser. That he's a loser. They so know is, he lost the election. And they know that they would never win another election if they didn't rig the system as well. Right, right. Well, what you have is it's pretty scary because we've always known that there has been what we call the lunatic fringe. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the racist part of this country, which is baked into our very DNA from the, from our birth and the, uh, the Christian uh, nationalism that is baked into the country. All of that's been there, this kind of wild, crazy, like we say, lunatic fringe. Mm -hmm. But it was always buried underneath. I mean, people, you know, we knew it was there, but we kind of had it submerged. Then Donald Trump comes along and he unearths it all and it all rises to the surface. And you find somebody like Vladimir Putin, who is steeped in the Cold War, who is a KGB uh, spy who understands the value of disinformation, and he gets the use of the atomic weapon of this time, which is social media, and to be able to spread disinformation wildly. And he has the vessel with uh, within it's to you know to push it through which is donald trump and he and he did it he succeeded in 2016 and all of these people who are have been submerged for a long time have risen to the surface now it's not more than 25 30 percent of the country but that's enough to subvert democracy it's enough to uh try to steal an election, which he tried to do and failed and continues to say that he won and continues to have those people working. Because if you're a Christian, a white Christian nationalist, you don't care what his, uh, you know, his proclivities are, whether he, you know, abused women or raped somebody or whatever he did. You don't care Mm -hmm. because he's a vessel for you to get abortion rights Yep. If you're a gun person, he's going to stick with you on, on gun rights. He's like a Rorschach test for anybody. They'll <laughs> exactly. read in whatever they want to make yeah. sure that he stays in power. And he's more than happy to to do it because he just needs it. He's like an empty vessel who needs constant uh, re, re, you know, attention and, and love. And you say he's been propped up. You know, it started with his dad. His dad propped him up. His dad went to the casino and and purchased $3 million worth of chips to make sure his casino didn't go under. His dad was the one who gave him $400 million and didn't want to look like an idiot when he blew $400 million. So he's had people propping him up all the way, as long as it's beneficial to them. Look at a guy like like, uh, McCarthy, you know? Uh, Yeah. You know, he... He knows Trump lost the election. He knows Trump is bad for democracy. So does Mitch McConnell. They both know it. But 
their livelihoods right now is tied to that 25 to 30 percent. That's right. And you you said so much there. And I, I, know. I, think, I should shut up. Right? No, 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 no. It, because it's so complicated. All of these things are interrelated. And the last thing in the world I want you to do is shut up. Um, I, I do think it's that it, it it's important to kind of hone in on one or two of those things because they're connected and we still see them playing out. The reason, as I've said before, Donald is somebody who is always has always been of use to smarter, more powerful men, starting with my grandfather. And I think, you know, Vladimir from on to Vladimir Putin. And I know that's a subject that interests you greatly. And as you say, Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy know they need Donald uh, or at least to appease him and his base in order to maintain minority power forever because they don't care about democracy. You also talked about the lunatic fringe. And I agree with you. There has always been that 25 to 28, 30 percent in this country. You're not going to reach them. They you know, the best we can do is make sure they each only have one vote. What happened, though, is because with Donald, his power comes from being, quote unquote, loved. And I put it in quotes because he does not understand what that word means. He wants to be a uh, popular or um, he wants people kowtowing to him. And that's what happened with that 30%. So what we had normally, I think that the role of liberal democracy is to contain those people for two years between 2017 and 2019, 100% of the federal government represented the cause of that so-called lunatic fringe, which is now the mainstream of Republicans. That's the danger. Yeah, it is the danger because, you know, and you always say, well, you hate to, you know, invoke uh, Hitler in any kind of political discussion. So, oh, it always comes down to Hitler. In this case, it actually applies That's because right. Hitler never had more than 25, 30 percent of the of the uh, German people in favor of what he was doing. But it was enough to control his entire political operation and and be able to you know wage a world war so that's enough to do it and all and 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 if you're smart enough what you do is you take that core of people and you start twisting the uh, election laws uh, you get poll workers that agree with you you get secretaries of state that will flip electors uh, using the system against the majority and so we are now by this crazy minority yes when you look at eh, i don't care what the issue is whether it's gun rights abortion rights voting rights the environment health care educate i don't care what you say the democrats are in the vast majority of all of those issues and yet they're being controlled by this very small minority and that's because our system is set up to to make right. that happen yeah, it's a broken system. Well, it depends. I guess it depends on your point of view. It's either a broken system or it's working exactly the way it was intended. And we do need to remind ourselves that uh, the system was set up by um, a bunch of slaveholding white men uh, who didn't want to give women or people of color in this country any kind of rights at all, including Native Americans. So what it is going to take is um, the courage to do that reimagining. And I, I want to 
Before we get to the the hearings tonight in the January 6th committee, though, um, I want to go back a little bit because, you know, as I've said, you've you've been following the wrong turns this country has taken for a long time. And you have a, a perspective that is invaluable, in my view, in understanding it. And I want to use as an example of that your your project, um, investigaterussia.org, which I know has been archived. Um, but you understood early on and uh, deeply how important it was to get at what happened there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in some ways, you could say all of that is still unfolding. We, yeah. you know, none of this has come to an, a conclusion. No, and 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 it's the it's the uh, brilliant use of disinformation and being able to push it out in, uh, like I say, in 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 an atomic weapon fashion. I mean, if you look at back, you know, the last time America was the good guys was the Second World War. Right. Then we lied our way into Vietnam, we lied our way into Iraq using. Uh, media and using disinformation to say, yeah, there were weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, with the Gulf of Tonkin, we were attacked. You know, all of those things are, you know, Iran-Contra was another uh, thing. And so when you team up a brilliant uh, uh, disinformation user like Vladimir Putin, and he, all he has to do, think about this. You, You have three states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Those are the three states that were flipped in order to let Donald Trump win the first first time in 2016. Mm -hmm. But in order to flip those three states, you only need to go into Detroit, Milwaukee and Philadelphia, where there are a predominantly black population and electorate. And if you can suppress enough votes in those three states, you can flip them and he won those three states by 79,000 votes. So when you say, well, he only took out $130,000 worth of ads in, you know, it's not about that. It's about disinformation. It's about suppressing the vote. It's about telling black people that if you vote this, something like this is going to happen or don't show up on this day or whatever, it's just enough to do that. And all you have to do is look at where did they go? What were the states that that Paul Manafort told Konstantin Kalimnik, who was a Russian spy, what did he tell them that their strategy was? Those three states and how were they were going to they were going to nail those three states. So it, it's not it, it's not rocket scientists to figure that out. Right. Unfortunately, we had gotten rid of the independent counsel law and we had the special counsel. And that was Robert Ma. Mueller, he, he was his hands were tied. There was no yeah. he couldn't uh, prosecute. He couldn't do anything. But if they say there was no collusion, that's not true. You look at the Mueller report. There were at least 10 examples of how the Russians colluded with the Trump campaign in order to win. And there were five examples of obstruction of justice. So to, to have it whitewashed by William Barr, that that was pretty scary. But what's really scary is you see it continuing. We're continuing. Even though you got somebody like Bill Barr bailing out, right? he bails out. You know, I love to see Mark Meadows bail out. I mean, 
you know, Mo Brooks is uh, hemming and hawing. You see these people because they know, they know it's wrong. They know that, that he lost and, and, and then this is wrong. But they're hanging on. And a guy like Mitch McConnell, it's like he's dying. He says he can't stand the fact that he has to deal with Donald Trump on a day-to-day. He can't stand it. But he knows he has to do it. And all he cares about is his power and getting elected. Same thing with McCarthy. It's really, really scary. And we've got to figure out a way to come out in droves and, and, and come out so strong that even though they've got their poll workers, they've got their secretaries of state, they've got their election board certifiers, we've got so many votes that they can't I- I- ignore. They, you know, it can't be uh, uh, ignored that way. And that's what we're going to have to do. It is. And one of the things that concerns me, in addition to everything you just mentioned, is that a lot of um, what's happened and what's continuing to happen is is being put in um either political terms or it's being normalized. So we have a situation in which, you know, uh, as you said, Biden got almost 8 million more votes, but his margin in three states was very narrow and flipped 44,000 votes and he gets the popular vote by 8 million and still loses. And that margin could be even bigger in the popular vote and he could still lose. So there's that plus the fact that we are heading into what I believe is going to be one of the most historically significant events, certainly in my lifetime. I mean, this blows Watergate out of the water. The January 6th select committee hearing starting tonight at eight o'clock. I I have to, I'm like so nervous. Yeah, I'm I'm nervous too, because what you said is true. Uh, This is so far beyond Watergate you know, and I lived through Watergate and and we saw, oh, look at Nixon. He snuck into the DNC and he tried to get records and stuff. That's like child's play compared to what's happened, you know, in the last few years. And the public, because of the reporting has been good, they know a lot of this stuff. And they're on this 24-hour day news cycle and they don't care about it and they forget about it so it it has to be compelling it has to it has to tell the the public exactly what happened which and we know what happened we know what happened you know a man uh, you know incited a a violent mob to try to overthrow the government that's what happened and it was a seditious conspiracy and donald trump is right at the head of it and everybody knows that Everybody knows that. So somehow they're going to have to break through to the public and show them that that's what happened. And I'm scared. I'm scared that they're not going to pay attention or it's not going to be riveting enough or whatever. I mean, the the press, you know, it's a weird thing that's happened. A good friend of mine, uh, Dan Pfeiffer, who was a a, a communications director for uh, Obama, he had an article yesterday. I think it was with uh, Greg Sargent at the Mm -hmm. Washington Post. And he was interviewing him. And what he was saying is the Republicans, the right wing, they have their own media, their own state run media. They don't budge from what they the the fact that they're not even going to run the hearings. They don't budge. The the Democrats rely on the mainstream media and the mainstream media still is playing this game of uh, you got to show both sides, the both sides of it. Not this is true, this is not exactly. true, but some people believe two plus two is five. 
And exactly. we have to report that. That's no, right. you don't. No, right. you don't. You don't have to report that there's no such thing as climate change. You don't have to report that. So we're playing on that playing field and they're playing on a very different playing field. And unfortunately, we're stuck. It's a weird thing. We're stuck with having to tell the truth. They, right? they can lie all they want. They can so, lie like crazy. We have to tell the truth because if we become them and we start telling lies like they do, then uh, then we become them. And then then that's you, right. Then you've lost democracy. That's right. And, and that's a that's such an important point because it is so much harder to uh, or sorry, I should say it's so much easier to uh, get your way if you are perfectly comfortable lying constantly and you have no sense of shame. Like we cannot keep pretending that we can shame these people. We can't keep pretending that we can make common cause with them because one, right. we don't make common cause with fascists. Uh, and two, they aren't playing. They are, they're just, you know, right. they don't want to have anything to do right. with giving us any kind or Democrats, any kind of win. And, what is also but you uh, said it you said it mary you said it because you know they don't have shame to tell right. a lie and where does that come from fish stinks from the head so if <laughs> donald right. trump will just lie his ass off and nobody care and he doesn't care and he doesn't feel guilty and he doesn't feel shame and he's successful they're going to say hey <laughs> you know that's what we, we can do the same thing we'll just lie to them because that's what he does. That's exactly. I think that is the greatest. And I, by greatest, I don't mean good. I mean, just the biggest contribution he made to the Republican Party is to teach them. He gave them a roadmap. Never back down. Never tell the truth. Never admit you were wrong. Never accept no for an answer. And just cheat and cheat and cheat and deny you cheated. And that's what that's the world we're living in. And Democrats keep pretending that. We live in a world in which there is such a thing as bipartisanship and there is a way to play nice. And as you said, the media keeps pretending that both sides have valid points of view that need to be reported and given um, equal time when the truth of the matter is we um, Joe Biden's presidency is not a normal presidency and it did not follow another normal presidency. This is a. and I hate this word because it's so overused, but it's true. It's an unprecedented situation. This is an election in which the fact that inflation and gas prices, which, by the way, no American president has ever had any control over, are the driving issues. And the fact that the last government tried to destroy democracy and is still trying to destroy democracy, it's frustrating. (laughs) It's really frustrating when, when we're not accepting the basic truth yeah. That this guy won and this guy lost. Right. There, people are still saying he won. And so how do you have a discussion with somebody who is adamant about two plus two is five? No, it is. It is. I mean, you can't yeah. discuss anything. You have to have a basic uh, set of facts that you can uh, discuss things over and argue about. That's why all the good people, you know, the Adam Kinzingers of the world, and, you know, they're going to they they leave, you know, they yeah. quit. Paul Ryan, whatever. You know, I mean, I didn't agree with certain policies, but at least you can reason with a person. You can have a discussion with somebody. That's gone. That is completely yeah. gone. And, you know, you look at somebody like 
Liz Cheney. I mean, that, you know, she's like a goddess right now. I mean, she's standing her ground. And I don't agree with her on most policies. But boy, do I agree with her on wanting to protect preserve and protect the constitution and democracy and that's what these hearings are about so hopefully people will pay attention rob there's that there's something there too that is um has been bugging me um i am completely on board with you about kinziger and cheney without those two this would be perceived as nothing but a partisan issue by some people on the left too probably so they, they still call it a partisan even though the right, there were two republicans sure. and one was the third ranking republican in the house that's they right still call it partisan it's it's that's that's the craziness of all this exactly but it, but it really isn't and having them there is incredibly important they seem to be doing a magnificent job um but <laughs> there are a couple of issues that have to do with not just their voting records, but how they're approaching certain things with the, this committee. Now, as you said, we probably disagree with them practically none of the time, except for in this instance. I think uh, Liz Cheney voted with Donald 95% of the time, voted against Voting Rights Act, voted against Build Back Better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is the fact that they're demonizing her is even more ridiculous. Yes. So now normally I would say, you know what, let's let's be let's live in a world again where we can just disagree about these policy issues. However, um, the this committee is going to be making recommendations and one of them is or two of them will be get rid of the Electoral College, which it should be a no brainer for anybody who believes no that brainer, one, no brainer. You know, and boy, is that not going to happen? That's not going to happen. But the other sticking point seems to be um, the Electoral College Count Act. Um, you cannot say that you're for saving American democracy and willing to destroy your entire career to do that and yet fail to make those recommendations. Yeah, that's well, where I'm the Electoral kind of College Act, which is basically says whoever wins a state gets those electors mm -hmm. that you can't flip, you know, and, 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 and put a, a separate slate of electors, which is what uh, Trump tried to do uh, throughout this last uh, election. That actually could get passed. I mean, it might. Who knows? Right. But again, any of those things would have to uh, you'd have to have a 52, you know, seat majority in the Senate so that you could overturn the filibuster. That's the only way you're going to get any of these things done. The other thing that people talk about is uh, criminal uh, referrals. Will uh, the January 6th committee make any criminal referrals? And I wouldn't think about that too much mm. one way or the other, because to me, this is the Justice Department's department. They're, they're <laughs> bailiwick. You yeah. know, it's going it's to be up to Merrick Garland to decide, is there enough evidence to... And, and, and in the case of Donald Trump, he has to be darn sure that not only is there enough evidence, but it has to be slam dunk that he can convict if it ever got into a court of law. Because, boy, do you not want to indict a former president of the United States and then not do what you need to do. And it's not like 
it, it wouldn't be in a political arena. It's going to be in the courts. You know, now you'd say, well, okay, well, you get to the Supreme Court and that's skewed and that's problematic and so on. But the, it, 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 you, you, and he also knows that there's going to be, there would be violence. Yeah. There will be violence if he does something like that. But on the other hand, if he doesn't do something like that, if he doesn't do what he needs to do, that's worse. And there'll be violence there. That's worse because then you're basically saying the rule of law is meaningless, the Constitution is meaningless, and democracy is meaningless. So that's, to me, the question is, is there enough information that they've gathered in the January 6th committee to be able to hand over to the Justice Department and say, what do you want to do with this? Look at what we've laid out here for you. And I'm sure they have a lot of that information already. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was one of those people who was very down on Merrick Garland for a long time, but uh, he's very methodical. And I see what, you know, the minute he arrested uh, Peter Navarro, I said, okay, he's doing what he needs to do. And they're saying, well, but he didn't arrest Mark Meadows and, and uh, Scavino and da, 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 you know, but, there may be other reasons why not to do that and why he arrests Bannon and Navarro. Mm-hmm. So let, let's see, you know, we got to hold our powder on that, but yeah. boy, if that information is out there and even if the public doesn't watch it, if the information is there to, to, to say that there are crimes that have been committed and Liz Cheney's said, essentially there are crimes, not only that, but a federal judge in one of his rulings said, more likely than not, there were crimes committed. Very you have explicitly, to prosecute yeah. those crimes. That's right. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that Fox isn't airing the hearings. One, because I think that's information that non-Fox viewers will take note of that. And if they did show the hearings, there will be spin. You know, they'll have their own counter-commentary. None of their viewers will care uh, or believe anything the committee says anyway. So yeah, yeah. I almost think it's valuable that they're not because yeah, it some, speaks. Somebody would said, made a joke, said uh, they should uh, rerun all 11 hours of the Benghazi <laughs> hearings, you know, and have Hillary uh, still talking about Benghazi. Oh, I kind of hope that happens because that would, be that would just be, would be fantastic. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think we will, we should put in a call to Sean Hannity yeah. and recommend that. Um, but uh, the, The other thing is that I think this committee does understand in a way I quite honestly, it shouldn't have to, but these are, this is the reality of the time in which we live. They understand that it has to be a show and they seem to have prepared accordingly. I hope so. I hope so. Well, it it makes me a little bit nervous when Jamie Raskin says it's going to blow the roof off the house. Like, please under promise and over deliver. Yeah, boy, it's like it's like when you're 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 introducing a comedian. This next guy is the funniest guy that's ever. And he comes on. You can't. There's nothing you can do. Okay, so I guess when I introduce, I should Rob Reiner. He's okay. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. (laughs) uh, But there there is something about and and I'm sure we've all been all over the place on this. They should have had hearings every day for months. Um six isn't enough. Uh, why are only two prime time? But I I need to believe that they've really thought about this stuff and that they're beyond prepared and that like Merrick Garland, even though the context is different, they understand if you go with the king, you best not miss. Right. 
Right. Right. What are you looking for? Like what, I guess, and you know, obviously the best case scenario is they convince everybody and, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Merrick Garland. I want to see them connect the dots. Okay. I want to see them connect all those dots because it's not just about this violent insurrection that happened on January 6th. It's everything that led up to it. And it's everything that's gone on since then. And if they can connect all of those dots, they'll see what is at the root of all this. And pretty much we know what it is. Once you incorporate Magic Spoon into your daily morning routine, you will join me in noticing fewer cravings during the day and more energy to hold on to until lunch. Now is the time to start eating healthier. But you can't do that unless you can enjoy what you eat at any time of the day. That's why I recommend Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, excepting the honey nut flavor, which has one gram only, just four net grams of carbs, and 13 to 14 grams of protein in every serving. It has only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. You can even build your own box using their nine available flavors to build your very own custom bundle, including cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, cookies and cream, maple waffle, blueberry muffin, cinnamon roll, and honey nut. I swear, guys, this is literally like reliving your childhood but with cereals that taste the way your childhood cereals do, but are actually good for you. Even more exciting news is that Magic Spoon just brought back their cereal bars. They were so popular that they've brought them back permanently. It's the perfectly convenient on-the-go companion for your cereal. I swear, my daughter absolutely loves this stuff, and it is a perfect breakfast and pick-me-up anytime throughout the day. So please go to magicspoon.com slash Mary to grab a custom bundle of cereal and be sure to use our promo code Mary at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, Magic Spoon will refund your money, no questions asked. So remember, Get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mary and use the code Mary to save $5 off or look for the link in the show notes. And thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. I, do you wonder sometimes why the Democrats aren't more aggressive in other areas though. I, I mean, why, why isn't there a committee investigating the ridiculous en enormous sums of money Jared and Ivanka made while they were allegedly working for the federal government? Well, I and think that they have started an investigation, the ethics committee. I think they have started that. Um, but you know, listen, if you wanted to investigate all of the corruption and criminality from the Trump administration, you just that you the rest of your life. That's what you'd be doing. 
I mean, you look at every single cabinet member and every, you know, I mean, it's they're just, all running it, for Congress. Or something. It, it goes on and on. You know, the the I remember when, ooh, let's get him on the emoluments clause, <laughs> you know, emoluments. He emolumented himself. Every day, give me this, give me that. I'll take a thing, you know. I mean, and I'll, the hatch I'm going to charge for the Secret Service to stay at my golf clubs, and I'll do this. And, I mean, it's just, it's all emoluments. It's all emoluments. I, yes. And I think that is one of the things that it's one of the very few things Donald's actually good at. He's so egregious that it's never cumulative because I think people are just sort of gobsmacked by, wait a minute, he did what? And then he does another thing that's even worse. So you forget about the first thing, Um, but it shouldn't work that way. And governments certainly shouldn't be swayed by that. uh, At least, I mean, shouldn't be swayed into forgetting what happened, no matter how, no matter the enormity of it. And you mentioned, um, Benghazi earlier. Why the Republicans? I hate to say it, but they're really good at this shit. Yeah, they they are. They are. They are because they only care about holding on to power. It's not about uh, uh, promoting policy. It's about holding on to power. We care about making sure uh, women have a right to choose and that we have good gun safety laws and that we protect the environment and that we give, uh, you know, women good child care and we have good tax, a fair tax code and all of these things that help everybody, which are very hard to explain. And, you know, you get into po- going into the policy weeds and people go, eh, what is it? They care about one thing. Get the power. Whatever it takes to get the power, and it's it's a much easier it's a much easier thing to do. It is, but in order to do the things we want to do, uh, we need the power. So, yes. and, and 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 but the thing is, we have the power. We just don't have the majority. We are in the majority, but we yep. don't get to govern. We don't get to govern because of the That's way right. the system is set up. That's you know, right. you know, I remember years, you know, at the beginning, Trump said, you know, I could kill, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and nobody would care. And I thought, what are you talking about? He was right. You know, he said, I'll grab a woman by her private parts. And that was fine. Everything's fine. It's all fine. And so maybe he knows something. Maybe he knows he can do anything and get away with it. Well, he always has. That's the thing. And that that is actually one of the things that always pulls me up short. This has been happening since he was a child. And the fact that there's always somebody, somebody there to pray, play the role my grandfather played, uh, to get him out of a jam, to enable him, to help him succeed or fail upward so spectacularly is something that I... It hurts. It hurts. Actually, yeah, it, it hurts. It hurts in business, but it really hurts when you're talking about our That's country right. and the, the, you know, the possible demise of democracy and robbing people of their voting rights and, and all of that. That's when it, it really hurts. So I'm scared about this, but uh, I, I got to have the faith. I got to have faith that we're going to we're going to prevail. I mean, we're in the vast majority. We have to yeah. prevail. I agree. I, we There are so many more of us, and I say that sometimes just to convince myself not to be despairing, but it also does happen to be true, even though it doesn't often feel like that. But we do have to recognize that it we're not just fighting against people 
who, as we've said, have no shame and don't mind lying. We're also fighting against people who seem not to give a shit about human life. Yeah. And that puts us at a huge disadvantage because Donald just didn't shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue. He, in my view, is directly responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands, if not over a million Americans. Um, they are totally fine. Yeah, with yeah, no, letting he, he has little no problem children, with any of that stuff. And none of the, the Republicans were totally fine leaving people vulnerable to getting COVID and dying from COVID. They're totally fine with letting children, babies, be slaughtered by weapons of war for what exactly? Yeah. yeah. So we can't forget because that. Because they only either. care about power. They don't care about uh, you know, they don't have a feeling, you know, it's it's eye for an eye or turn the other cheek. I mean, Jesus right. was turn the other cheek. Yeah. So these alleged Christians, I, you know, need to either yeah. read the New Testament again yeah. or yeah. stop saying they're Christians or something. Yeah. Um, but it does put it's another thing that puts us at a disadvantage because I think it's very difficult for people to wrap their heads around that. Yeah. 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 And we Again, it's not just the media. I think human beings need to kind of normalize things so they're not constantly being overwhelmed. Yeah. And w- which is why I think that, I, you know, I, I hope that your faith in, in Merrick Garland is confirmed. I mean, I actually also have come around to thinking that he'll get there. Yeah. But the American people, you know, not everybody has the luxury of paying so much attention to this stuff. Like yeah. you and I are in a m- very small minority yeah. of people who are yeah. plugged in in a way, quite honestly, I sometimes really don't want to be. I know. I right? know. I mean, wouldn't you love to just throw Twitter away and all that, but that's yeah. the only way we have to communicate things and we try and, you know, right. But which is why people like Merrick Garland need to, inf- I know you can't say so-and-so is under indictment or so-and-so is under investigation. You can't do that, but you can help inform people about what you're looking at or help uh, give them faith that you are looking into something as opposed to this like absolute silence that I think right. is demoralizing. It is. But, you know, I always look to my friends, uh, Lawrence Tribe, uh, you know, great yeah. constitutional scholar yes. and Neil Kachal and, and, uh, uh Glenn, you know, Glenn Kirsten, all these people who are are really just in the weeds on all this. And they yeah. all say, you know, be patient. And it looks like he's doing what he needs to do. So I go with that. But you're right. I mean, the public, it would be nice for the public to know that the democracy is on good on good footing. But uh, we don't get that sense. I don't get that sense. No, partially because... Um just again, specifically about Barrett Garland, I think he needs to wrap his head around the, the the fact that if he doesn't decide to go ahead with indictments, that is also a political decision. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has to go uh, forward with indictments if there are <clears throat> facts laid out that say there was a crime committed. If you just choose not to do that with the most the 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 the, the most egregious crime any president has ever committed against the United States, which is try to overthrow the government. If you don't prosecute that, what do you prosecute? I mean, they weren't going to prosecute Nixon. 
Right. They were planning to prosecute Nixon, and that's why uh, Ford pardoned him. And that meant that Nixon had to acknowledge that he committed a crime. You don't get pardoned unless you commit a crime. And not only did Ford, I mean, sorry, not only were they going to indict him, but Republic, I think it was Barry Goldwater, but yeah. I could be wrong, yeah. who yeah, actually right, to, who went to Nixon and said, hey, man, I, <laughs> yeah. you're done. Yeah, no, we're there. We're there. You're going to be impeached and you're going to be convicted in the Senate. And they so, told him that. So, Rob, what do, and I, again, I know that in the grand scheme of things, it's about raw power. However, right during January 6th and in the immediate aftermath, a lot of Republicans understood what was going on. I'm yeah. sure we'll hear much more about it than we already know. But yeah. McCarthy was saying, you know, he'll get impeached. Uh, they were talking about the 25th Amendment. McConnell said that, uh, you know, that he is responsible, that Donald Trump right. is responsible for what happened on January 6th. He said that on the floor of the United States Senate. So and still didn't vote. To convict. No, no. <laughs> but he said it. And I he did say it. And so did McCarthy say that, you know, we can't have this. This is, you know, and we, we know everything that happened. And we know that he, you know, he said, well, maybe they should hang Mike Pence, you know. Hey, Kevin, you know, maybe these so people him. want maybe these people want uh, to, you know, care about more about this election than you do, you know, and all that kind of stuff. We know this was said. We do. We know it was said. I wish what and who knows? I mean, I, I, I know as as little as anybody else about how these hearings are going to unfold. But and I know this this isn't going to seem like the most important thing, but I think it would be very helpful for people to, for them to help people understand that all of this, everything Donald said was coming from a place of weakness. It was coming from uh, it's somebody who lost so badly that he just couldn't take it in. He couldn't <clears throat> process it and he couldn't move on from it. Right. And his need to defend himself against that knowledge uh, sucked so many other people in that like Mike Pence, they were willing to look overlook the fact that Donald was out to, you know, totally but eventually cool Mike day. Pence did the right thing and hope Hicks left and Ivanka and Jared try to remove themselves. People were moving away and he was left with, uh, you know, uh, Lynn Wood, the My Pillow guy, and uh, Sidney Powell. I mean, and Rudy, you know, Rudy with the dripping things on the. You know. <laughs> that was so. To, to, let's not talk about that. <laughs> that was just horrific. Yeah. But but Rob, they're all back in line. Yeah. I mean, yeah. May, I I don't know. I, I have no. Again, I don't know what the testimony of his children was, or uh, what we're going to find out about that. But the entirety of the Republican Party. Yeah. It's in well, line if they, if they want to survive, he's he controls the purse strings. You know, if they if they want to survive, listen, he's got Herschel Walker for right. crying out loud running against, uh, you know, Warnock in, in, in Georgia. I mean, Herschel Walker, the guy, he, he can't put two sentences together. Really so, uh, you know, he's controlling those purse strings and 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 all these Republicans who only care about their elections. They know it. They know it. 
And so if he runs again, which he probably will, uh, and he'll have to announce right after the midterms because he'll hold on to all the money. I mean, Ron DeSantis is sitting around and, you know, all these other people looking to make get an opening, but they won't have an opening if he controls the the Republican Party, which he does right now. He does. And one of the, the most unforgivable things about that is that he has made it clear to them that the only way to be viable in this party is to be as cruel as you can possibly be. And we are seeing that we're, we're seeing that play out particularly in uh, Texas and Florida, um, but also in other states like Oklahoma and right. Uh, but if you look at, look at a guy like uh, Glenn Youngkin, you know, yep. here's a guy who, when he's playing to the base and he knows just the base is there, he goes to that ugly, horrible side that, that, that is Trump. But then when he gets in front of the mainstream media, he looks more moderate. And that's right. And those, and the same thing with DeSantis, he'll, he'll be the same way. So you, you can't win unless you're Donald Trump and he doesn't win. You know, he lost two elections in a row and, you know, I mean, won the pop, yeah, the electoral college the first time, but he lost by three million votes for crying out loud. And he lost the house so, and he lost the Yeah, he, he lost, he <laughs> lost everything. So, but he's the only one that can pull that off. They have to pretend to be moderate to the mainstream media. Otherwise, they, they, they'll, they, they won't succeed. Not on a statewide or national basis. In a, right. in a particular district, you can be, uh, you know, Bobert or... Marjorie Taylor Greene and one of those people. You can be right. any of those people, but not not in a f- statewide election and not not That's in right. a not in a national election. Yeah, you you know, gerrymandering only has utility in in local races and in, in congressional races. But that is one thing that I'm, I'm glad you brought Yunkin up because I think that that's a really good example of what we're most in danger of. This guy figured out, you know. I'm absolutely 100% with Donald, but I can't let people know that because I want to play to suburban women or right. what what have you. And he did it in a way, you know, he went after school issues. He introduced um, the uh, critical race theory issue, which was nothing but racist it had yeah. it was not relevant it was not a thing that happens it and it's was, not something that they teach in in not in, something in grade school and yet or, or even high school i yeah. mean well that is grade school sorry yes yeah. from first through 12th they do yeah. not teach this they teach it's a it's it's a legal theory right. Right. and yet rob he got through that entire election cycle without his democratic opponent or the mainstream media calling him a racist Right. 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 That's something else we're fighting against that really worries me. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, racism is at the base of that lunatic fringe that we talked about earlier, that 20, 25, 30 percent. It's hardcore racism, hardcore racism. But it's also suburban women in Virginia who don't understand necessarily or maybe they they can't acknowledge necessarily that that's what it's about. It's just, as you said, you said very early on in our conversation, this is in the bones. 
This was this is from this country's birth. Right. And because we've never acknowledged it, it it just kind of stays beneath the surface of people who've never had to have those hard conversations. And now we see the Republican Party legislating against teaching our yeah. children. Well, and, and well, they're frightened. You see, they're frightened yes. because you've got a wildly changing demographic. You you know, within the next 15, 20 years or so, whites will be another minority they might be a plurality but they'll be right. a minority just like that's in right. california that's what we have and so they're frightened to death that this hardcore idea of america white christian nationalism racism you know all that stuff is going to disappear now the great news is if we can keep our democracy together long enough how great is that because what we are then showing is the, the, the ideas of democracy, which is whatever your religion, whatever your race, whatever your color, whatever your nationality, you can be okay in America and you can live in harmony. It's that John Lennon imagine of it all. And if we can pull that off, that we say, look, look at what America can be, that the world can be that. And so we want to be the beacon to the world. And yet there's this ugly thing underneath it all that we have to make sure it doesn't take over. And right now it's trying desperately to take over because it thinks it's going to get wiped out. I don't know about you, but uh, a lot of times I have trouble staying asleep. I will find myself up at two or three or four in the morning and having a terrible time getting back to sleep so that I'm not completely exhausted by the time my alarm clock rings. Um, for some bizarre reason, this started happening to me at the end of 2016, but I think part of it is just everyday stress. Science, we've learned, is the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep, and that means lowering core body temperature. Temperature-controlled sleep repairs muscle after a hard day's work. It improves cognitive function, so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. I mean, we all know this, that temperature is very different at night than it is during the day, right? We don't want to be overheated while we're sleeping. Luckily, Chili Sleep makes customizable, climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being with their Uller and Cube sleep systems. Hydropowered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature, which is different for everybody. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep for you, whether you sleep hot or cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili Sleep can help make that happen. And for an extra layer of comfort, they also make the Chili Blanket, the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. Head over to chilisleep.com Mary to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new Cube or Uller sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for the Mary Trump Show listeners and only for a limited time. 
That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash Mary to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Or look for the link in our show notes. What you said about what America could be is so moving to me because I, that is what, that is the potential. You know, as you know, America has never been a real democracy. Um, it, it was set in motion by men who were in some ways incredibly short-sighted and, and who were willing to allow generations of people to suffer horribly uh, under a system that could have and should have uh, elevated them. Um, right. which, again, was the potential also of Reconstruction, which but sadly... But think about this. As, as steeped as they were in their own mindset and prejudices and whatever, they did write a constitution that allowed for amendments. That's, that's exactly and, and it's right. There. Yes. And it's and, there. And right. it says, in order to form a more perfect union. So a- they, they envisioned that things would change and, and life would change that they couldn't imagine beyond there. When they wrote the second amendment, do you think that they thought everybody's going to have, forget an AR 15. How about a nuclear weapon? Why, why can't I have a nuclear weapon? He can have a nuclear. They didn't imagine. They didn't even know those things existed. So they um, at least set something uh, in motion that allowed us to amend it. And so if we can keep it together long enough, then we can realize what the democracy really can be, which is whatever your sexuality, whatever your race, your color, your creed, your man, woman, whatever, you can you can live in harmony with, with your fellow uh, citizen. And that's a great thing to aspire to. And the Constitution has the ability to get there. But we have to protect it. And right now it's being it's. That and democracy is really under attack, like crazy. And it's under attack because the right knows they have a very limited window of opportunity to turn things around in their favor and deny us that potential. So everybody listening who, because I hear this all the time, um, politicians in particular say, you know, everybody needs to show up and vote. We say everybody, we need to show up in numbers so big. And some people respond, I did that and still nothing changed. Well, guess what? That's not true. We, in, in a rare move, we pulled democracy from the jaws of autocracy in 2020. I agree that it's, it's very upsetting that things are actually worse in a lot of ways than they were a year ago, which is kind of unbelievable to me. The danger feels worse. The, uh, you know, the, all of that feels worse. And yet the economy is better. The economy is better. better. There are more jobs created. There are more uh, higher wages. All of those things are happening too, along with the inflation and, and all of that, which will change it ultimately. Of course. But I I was speaking more specifically about um, the, the, the feeling of the threat. Like you figure, okay, Biden won. We're good. No, we're not. They're still trying. But what should inspire everybody is what you just said within our reach is a country in which everybody finally at long last is equal, 
has civil the same civil rights, has the same level of acceptance. And that's what we need to hang on to. That's what needs to motivate us. Right. So, and, and we're seeing, you know, we, we see Roe v. Wade. We don't know when that ruling is going to come out, but it looks like Roe v. Wade is being uh, stripped away. And, you know, uh, you know, we formed the American uh, Foundation for Equal Rights and we, uh, you know, we 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 uh, filed a lawsuit with, and it went to the Supreme Court, which led to marriage equality. And I know that they're going to come after that. They will. They're going to come after all of that. They will. Indeed. And, and if they can win, you know, they've spent the last 40, 50 years working through the system, working through the Federalist Society to make sure those judges got on the Supreme Court. The three judges uh, Trump got three judges, one of them. Uh, and before that, you got Gors- Gorsuch, who, who Merrick Garland didn't even get a hearing. So they, they know how to play the system. They know how to work the system. And they've gotten themselves set up to where they're in the best position they've ever been. And we have to defeat them. We have to beat them at the polls. We have to do it. If we don't do it, then goodbye and good luck. And then people are yeah. going to be leaving the country and going someplace else. And, and- and think about what will happen globally. But yeah. in the meantime, let's focus on what we can do. Being tired yeah. is not an option. Being frustrated is not an option. No. I mean, you can be, but go vote anyway. Yeah, you I don't got care it. how frustrated you are. And um, watch these hearings. You've got to watch the hearings. Get yourself informed. Yes. Understand what happened that day and how it happened and how it's continuing to happen. That's right. The hearings are in five minutes. I just want everybody to know that if you stay with us, we are going to be live streaming them right here. You don't have to go anywhere. We'll have live commentary. We're going to be joined by people like Brian Karam, Dino Badala, Judy Gold, Kurt Bardella, John Fugel saying, well, not tonight, actually. John will join us next week. Uh, Wajahad Ali, Norm Ornstein, Kathy Griffin, Maya Wiley. you got a great, great Judy group. Gold, wow. uh, Rachel and, and Alex Vindman, and uh, on and on and on. I mean, it's, it's just it's an incredible group of people. Basically, we're going to just be watching, and when there's opportunity to – make a comment if something like really amazing happens, we'll do that. And then afterwards we'll have um, a wrap up analysis of what happened. And we're going to be doing this with every single hearing. Rob, if you want to pop in later on, that would be fantastic. I, you know, I, I've had, I had so much else to talk to you about, but we are at a, such a critical moment yeah. right now that I, I kind of wanted to stay focused, but again, I'm grateful for everything you've done. I mean, mm, as an artist, you, but as as an American, and I, I've been having a really hard time with this because Republicans yeah. are really good at yeah. co-opting language. But we need to take back certain things. And um, you are a great patriot. Oh, thank you. Thank and your you. love of this country is profound, and it has kept me going. Um, along, of course, with with your work as a as an artist, as a director, as an actor. Um, I'm I. Thank you for being well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, again, thank you. I yeah. hope you'll you'll be back. I have a feeling that things are going to be pretty fraught in the fall. Yes. And there will be lots to talk about. But again, thank you for making the time and for just doing everything you do. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for your your wisdom, which to me was like the like I said at the beginning, was such a breath of fresh air to hear somebody who really understood this man better than most. <laughs> Unfortunately, but you know, if it helps, then it's okay. It does. Okay. 
All right. Bye. Thank you, Rob.